From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, I'm Peter Brown from The Conversation's politics team, and I'm speaking to Michelle Grattan in Canberra. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Peter. Anthony Albanese was in Ukraine at the weekend inspecting war-damaged areas and meeting with President Zelensky, and he pledged an extra $100 million in aid. But what he didn't announce and what was expected was a reopening of Australia's embassy in Kiev. Do we know why Australia is lagging behind other countries in this respect? The Australian government has been uh, saying security concerns, and I think it is anxious to reopen the embassy, but... Obviously, uh, it's a very dangerous place and it doesn't want to put staff at risk. Nevertheless, I do think this is a real priority that we should have our embassy there. This would assist people who are coming from there to Australia and it would also underline our commitment to solidarity with Ukraine. Of course, we've given a lot of military aid. We're the largest military donor outside the NATO countries. And the Prime Minister was emphasising the other day that we are really standing with the Ukraine people in this battle. But I think that having the embassy presence there would be a further important both actual and symbolic step. And there's a wider question too. Australia's been cutting staff at its embassies over quite a long period. In fact, there was a parliamentary inquiry back in 2012 that described 30 years of cuts. Has that turned out to be a short-sighted policy now that we're dealing with quite a lot of thorny international issues? I think it is. I think that what we'll see from this government, which obviously wants to step up Australia's international presence, especially on the climate issue, is that foreign affairs will be beefed up. Of course, the foreign minister is Penny Wong, and she's a a pretty assertive senior minister, and she will want to have a department that is really fit for purpose, both here in Australia and in our overseas posts to uh, represent Australia to the best effect. Already there's been a change of secretary in the department and I think if she can get more resources, she will. Although, of course, uh, the other consideration in this is that uh, it's going to be pretty tight on the budget front to get resources. Now, Mr Albanese is back in Australia today and probably feeling a bit jet-lagged, but he'll be visiting the flooded areas of New South Wales tomorrow, I believe. There's been some criticism of the fact that he was overseas during this period, but probably not as much as we might have expected. Well, he couldn't be expected to anticipate the floods of the last uh, very few days. And I think that uh, his trip has been justified and important, attending the NATO meeting and going to Ukraine. Of course, he also went to Paris to continue to repair that relationship, which is now well back on track. But he would be sensitive both to the need to get to 
the the flood areas because people really are suffering there, but also the politics of it too. Scott Morrison was criticised if he was late to these sorts of disasters, and I think that people do expect the Prime Minister to be on the ground. And also because Anthony Albanese not only has been travelling a lot but has other trips coming up, he will want to minimise the opportunity for criticism about foreign travel. Now, the criticism of Scott Morrison in particular was the lack of coordination with his state counterparts during the bushfires and the earlier floods. Are we seeing better cooperation this time around? Again, I think Labor has learnt the lessons from the Morrison government. It was very quick to announce defence personnel to help with this disaster and I haven't heard criticism of lack of federal-state coordination and the relevant federal minister, Murray Watt, has uh, emphasised cooperation with New South Wales government has uh, talked about the New South Wales government taking the lead, but nevertheless, the federal government providing all the resources and assistance necessary. So the emphasis from Canberra has been on speed and adequacy. The other big news today is a half percent increase in interest rates from the Reserve Bank. It was expected and there's more to come. How's the government reacted to to that uh, decision? The government is acknowledging that this will be difficult for people. The Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, makes this point. He says that, uh, of course, this was anticipated, but I think that everyone knows that a lot of people are in for an increasingly uh, hard time in the next few months because not only, of course, have we got the interest rate rise, but rising prices and the interest rate rise is directed to trying to control and get down that high inflation rate. But Events like the floods, of course, push up the inflation because what we're going to see, of course, is even further hikes in prices of fruit and vegetables, which have already been driven up by the earlier floods. So on many fronts, it's a quite difficult time. Nevertheless, there's quite a lot of spending power still in the economy from COVID payments, from a high savings rate by people during COVID and therefore demand has not come back uh, as fast as you might expect given the earlier rate rises and until demand is showing signs of, of cooling off then there's more pressure in the system for those rates to go higher. Great to talk to you Michelle, thanks very much. Thanks Peter. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com.